Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> What is going on, everybody? This is the Action Network NFL Podcast, so thanks for listening. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and in today's episode, we are going to preview the AFC South and the AFC West. From a betting perspective, we'll talk win totals uh, and whatever other uh, bets we think could be profitable. And joining me, as always, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck, we've done three. This is the last one of the uh, of the four. How you feeling? Oh, feeling great. I just put my Cardinals bet in. Should have came through on the Action <laughs> Network app. And uh, we had some good disagreements on uh, the last AFC one. So, uh, yeah, juices are flowing, man. It's great to be talking NFL with you again. Yes, sir. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, just want to let you guys know there are tons of NFL betting episodes that we're going to have on the channel leading up to week one. We already got uh, the two NFC preview episodes out where we go over every NFC team's win total and uh, we have our first AFC episode uh, that should be up as well by the time you hear this uh, our guy Jills Gallant has an anytime touchdown manifesto episode up uh, so check that out as well uh, let's hop right into the AFC South and we will start with the favorite which is the Indianapolis Colts the win total is 10 getting a slight break on the juice it's minus 105 uh, to the over minus 115 to the under the Colts, somewhat unlucky in injury luck last year. O-line should be solid. Frank Reich's saying he wants to throw it a little bit more uh, than last year. He says he feels to, to win. He needs to throw it more. So that, that was an interesting comment. Of course, the big news with the Colts from the offseason was that Carson Wentz is no longer a Colt. Uh, it seems like Ursay couldn't get rid of him fast enough. So now they got Matt Ryan from Atlanta. I have the Colts favored in nine of these 17 games. Now they're set back here at 10. They didn't get there last year. That was the first time uh, Frank Reich team went under their win total. So he's not two and one with a push. How are you feeling about the Colts? Minus Wentz, but plus Matt Ryan. I like bringing in Ryan. I think behind a solid offensive line with Johnson. I mean, if you look, what, what did he have with the, the Falcons? The offensive line situation in recent years has not been good. And I think that he's still competent enough 
He's obviously past his prime, but I think that he can still work behind a good offensive line and be a significant upgrade over Carson Wentz. It helps when you have arguably the best running back in the NFL and that good offensive line. I project them right at 10 wins, so I don't see any value either way. It's a well-coached team, respect Frank Wright, and yeah, they don't have the Carson Wentz just giving games away. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm curious, I'll just go through the defense really quick. Defensively, I like their defensive line. I mean, DeVaris Buckner's a stud inside. I think Quiddy Pay is going to be a really good edge rusher, and then you add Ngakwe to go on the other side. I am a bit concerned about the cornerback situation. Now, you do bring in Stephon Gilmore, who I think is an upgrade, but he's getting up there in age. But the secondary leaves a lot to be desired. So, you know, when you look at the NFL these days, right, what are the – arguably the, besides quarterback, which I think they upgraded, but the two most – important position groups are you could probably throw offensive line in there but just it's a passing league now wide receivers in in, in the AFC if you want to make noise wide receivers and then your secondary and I definitely have some questions about both for the Colts so we'll see what Gilmore can give them because if he's stud number one that can go a long way in helping the defense but what is I'm curious your thoughts on your projections and your thoughts overall on the wide receiver room. Is Pittman going to flash the one with Ryan? Who's going to step up elsewhere? What are your thoughts on their their wide receiver room? So let's start with Pittman. Pittman, for anyone that doesn't know, he's excellent. Like he is a true number one. If you look at Matt Harmon's reception perception, Pittman just killed it in pretty much every metric. Uh, This guy gets open with the best of them in the league. I think people don't realize that because he is a bigger bodied guy. You kind of typecast those guys sometimes, you know, they're, you know, maybe they're a contested catch guy or whatever, but no, like Michael Pittman could get open. So I think Matt Ryan will do wonders for him because, you know, Matt Ryan's, he knows how to get the guys to ball when he had Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. I mean, those guys were challenging for the league lead in receiving. So you could still get Michael Pittman at like 30 to one to lead the league in receiving. I think he'll run more downfield routes this year. You know, he's good on, you know, in breaking routes. He's good on out breaking routes. Uh, he was 96 percentile with Harmon charted against press coverage last year. 88th against zone, 79th against straight up man coverage. So he gets open, he does his thing. But uh, there is a big drop off, obviously. Alec Pierce is probably going to be the other perimeter guy. Uh, he's a rookie, he's a downfield guy. So, you know, his job is going to kind of be to keep defenses honest. Uh, I don't expect a ton of production. And, and then Paris Campbell, I mean, he's going to start in the slot. I don't think Indianapolis is really counting on him to play a full season. He almost never does. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get a free agent signing at some point. Uh, with this team, you know, Ashton Doolin's the number four. He's more of a special teamer. And then, you know, they got a battle going on for the fifth with Straight Chan and uh, Desmond Patton. So it, it's an underwhelming receiving group outside of Pittman. Uh, but he he's excellent. And the tight end, you know, pass catching is not going to be probably a strength either. I mean, they got Moali Cox there, uh, a couple younger players. So it could Man, be an Pittman, underwhelming if offense. If Pittman gets hurt, you're, they're, yeah, you're just, every yes. team's going to have 10 guys in the box. Yeah, that's, um, that's the worry. <laughs> that's the worry. Would, so... Like, I think that's a good point because, you know, I think the Colts are fairly priced, but I I do think they have some downside where it's pretty fragile. Like you lose Pittman and it's an issue. Now they got a good backup quarterback in Nick Foles and even Sam Ellinger for a three, but you, I think there are depth concerns at receiver. And then, you know, 
Cornerback, we'll see. You know, Teddy Moore, you got him in the slot still. But uh, is can Gilmore still play at a high level? Uh, he has kind of been. Like, he, you know, we thought he was going to drop off, and then he, he's still pretty good last year, you know, when he came back. So, I mean, but, but you also Shaquille Leonard, he needs to stay healthy as well. You know, there's just a few guys on this team. And, I mean, what do you think of the pass rush? Because Ngakwe just had a horrible season last year. Like, he just wasn't good. And so the Colts, I mean – they were right there with the Falcons is, you know, one of those teams just getting no pressure. And I just don't think that's a recipe for success. You know, they obviously got a new defensive coordinator. So what, what do you think of the, how do you think the pass rush is going to be? I know Quiddy Pay uh, coming off an injury as well. Ngakwe could be, that's the fear is that Ngakwe is trending down in his career because he was on a defense that had one of the best edge rushers on the other side of him last year and didn't have a good year. So maybe he's trending down, um, but maybe it was just a flash in the pan here. But I actually like Bay. I thought he flashed enough. And from what I've seen, that he's going to be a, a solid defensive end in this league. And then it also helps to have one of the best interior defensive tackles in the NFL. I like their linebacking group as well. So it's a solid defense if the corners pan out. So I think it's a solid defense. It's a solid offense with an underwhelming pass catching group in a a very gettable division. That's the division you want to be in, in the AFC. So yeah, I mean, nothing spectacular for this Colts team, but they're going to be well coached and they'll probably finish right around that 10 mark. I have them with the 26th artist schedule. It's like the sixth or seventh easiest schedule in the NFL, which is awesome. If you're in the AFC. Can we circle week three though, uh, as a, as an over game, Gus Bradley against the chiefs. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that should be fun. But yeah, I like, I, don't, I would not bet the Colts over because I, I agree. I think there's a lot, there's more downside, you know, not only in the Colts roster, just, you know, there's a few guys that like, if they go down, that's, that's it. I mean, most teams are like that, but not every team has a win total of 10. You know, I think Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, Shaquille Leonard, DeForest Buckner, like it, it's still a top heavy team. And, you know, you're kind of like really what you're hanging your hat on is the week schedule. And that's always dicey in a situation like that. I, I'd rather buy low on a, on a team with, you know, middling wing total than, than just kind of expect the coach to stay healthy and, and everything to go according to plan. Cause you know, that it's the NFL. That's not usually going to be the case, but yeah, they, they're, they're thin at some key positions and, and they, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit worrisome. And, and we always see the Titans every year, which we could talk about now they seem to exceed expectations. Now I'm kind of with you. I think, you know, it's going to be tougher for them this year, but I should point out Mike Vrabel is four and O toward the over uh, in his four years with the Tennessee Titans. So he's never lost one of those preseason overs and the Titans win totals nine. So if they get to 10 uh, now you're right there at the Colts and it, you know, that, that could be an issue. So, uh, but the Titans, you know, the O-line probably take a step back. It's probably not as good as it's been in recent years. They were actually 10th best in, in terms of fewest adjusted games lost to injury, which is kind of surprising. It just seemed like, I guess the guys they lost were very important. It was Derrick Henry and it was AJ Brown and Julio. So, I, you know, this Titans team, I really don't like attacking unders with this Titans team because they just seem to find a way every year. But I mean, this road schedule outside of the division games, I mean, you got Buffalo, Indy, Casey, uh, Green Bay, Philly, the Chargers, you know, Washington's probably a winnable game, but uh, I think it's going to come down to the team being able to win on the road. And, and if they do, they'll exceed expectations again. 
if not, I, I think it'll be rough because we saw Tannehill finally come back down to earth. AJ Brown wasn't there. Obviously, Henry was out, but counting on Robert Woods on the ACL, Burks has looked terrible. So you're going to be starting probably Westbrook Aquina. Now, lo- love Kyle Ooh. Phillips in the slot, but there's it's another team with a lot of downside. The difference is the Titans are a little cheaper and they tend to exceed expectations. I don't, I'm not running to bet and over with them, but they are one of the reasons I don't love the Colts, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I love this under. I, I do respect Rabel. Look, I, I'm, I went over on the Giants, the only team to go under in each past five years. So let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's make it a daily double and go under on the only team that has gone over in each of the past five years over the win total, and that's the Titans. you got to give variable credit. He's gone over it each year, and they won 12 games last year, even with a number of key injuries on the offensive side of the ball, as you mentioned. However, this was basically like a nine-win team when you break it down. I mean, let's – they did this with the Steelers, and one of their unlucky – their only unlucky loss was – they went 6-2 and two in one-possession games. One of their only unlucky losses was against the Steelers, who I mentioned. And if you look back on teams that have won over – 75% of their one possession games in the NFL over the past 30 seasons, major regression in general. Obviously, there's exceptions. But look, take a look at what they did last year. Down 14 in the fourth quarter at Seattle. In the fourth, they come back, tie it, and they win by three in overtime. Remember that phrase, win by three in overtime. Again, they came back to win in the fourth against the Bills to win by three when Josh Allen slipped on a QB sneak inside the five-yard line in the final seconds. You want another three-point overtime win after Trent on the fourth? Well, they did that against Indianapolis. <laughs> then they beat the Rams 28-16. They were outgained 347 to 194. They averaged three and a half yards per play to the Rams five, thanks to Stafford just deciding to throw two pick sixes, 14 free points. How about the Saints game with Trevor Simeon starting? Saints outgained them 373 to 264. 6.1 yards per play to 4.6. Saints, horrible by the way, if you look at some of the major blown calls, timing of turnovers, this team was just so lucky all year long. Saints had a two-point conversion to force overtime in the final seconds, didn't get it. How about the 49ers? Remember that game? They outgained the Titans 389 to 278, over two yards per play more. They had lost by what? Guess what? Three. And then with the top seed on the line in the finale against the Texans, a statistically even game, they won by three. I mean, they had six wins by a field goal or less, a couple in overtime. Sometimes it's just your year. But it's a regression candidate city. And I, I think they got significantly worse. I think the Jags will be better. The Texans are just going to be the Texans. And I think the Colts got better at the quarterback position. And the AFC in general got better. Look, the defense is solid. But it's not a defense that can carry you to wins in the AFC without an offense. And I think this offense will take a significant step back. And the offensive line is worse off. Their wide receiver room is, oof, it's ugly. And then you have Derrick Henry, obviously, but he's going to be facing many, many more stack boxes. There's also a lot of miles on that truck. And if he goes down again with an injury, oh, major regression candidate in a loaded AFC. I think they finally go under. It's one of my favorite windows. I only project them at eight wins, and that's despite having a schedule that's just middle of the road, 14th hardest schedule. I'll go under. But I'm, I'm afraid. Trust me, I'm afraid to go against Farrell, but. I'm doing it. I think I bet an under. I don't know if it, it was either last year or the year before. Uh, so maybe I'm still scarred from that. Uh, I do have my uh, throwback Eddie George jersey on. But yeah, I, like, I, had the under, I had the under last year. I think I misspoke on the one of the pods. I said I haven't lost the win total in the past uh, two seasons, but I'm actually eight, one, and four, four pushes. And that one loss was the Titans last year. Yeah, I think it, so. It must have been last year. We were probably both on the under for the Titans. It looks so tempting every year. I will say this like, the one thing I, I feel like I say this every time we do these pods, but 
don't overrate the, the schedule just because you have the Jags and Texans, because like, I know how it, you know, it works. Like every game is a, a win probability and the Jags and Texans are going to be, you know, you're going to get real high win probabilities, especially for the two home games against them. But you know, you take out those two games. Like I said, it's, it's still tough sledding. It's still not going to be an easy schedule. I have them only favored in seven games. I have them essentially a pick them in four more, but you're still going to need that Titans luck. So I respect it, you know, going under. I probably won't be there just because this team always seems to find a way. But, you know, just on paper, it makes sense to go under with this team just because, you know, A.J. Brown, like even if Robert Woods is peak health, he's still not A.J. Brown. And uh, it looks like Burks is going to be a lot slower to develop than initially thought. So my hot take is Giants upset the Titans week one. <laughs> I yeah, I was looking at that. It's one of the bigger spreads in week one, so I got I got to look at that a little more. But I I, I could see being there with you on that one. I'm probably gonna one of our money line dogs on the uh, on the week one. Yeah, we don't have to worry about the second corner spot as much for the Giants in that game. Exactly. Yeah, which m- most of the other weeks it is going to be a concern. Uh, all right, let's go to the Jags. They are at six and a half on the win total. The over you get in plus money at plus one ten. The under is minus. 130. You know, the O-line could be a little better, but I still don't think it'll be great. I have them favored in two games, but I uh, do have them with quite a few games where they're within a field goal. You know, uh, the Jet at the Jets in week 16, week 17 against the Texans. Uh, that's uh, pretty much a pick, but I could, I actually probably actually would favor them in that game. So yeah, they, you know, they're favored in maybe three games, but, but uh, other close ones that are winnable, like at Detroit, we, they always beat Indianapolis when Indianapolis comes in to Jacksonville, uh, even in week one against the commanders. They're, they're a, winning that game. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a game that you would just write off that they could win. So they, they do have some kind of sneaky upside here in terms of they're not getting a ton of credit in the market. They only had 3.4 Pythagorean wins last year. Doug Peterson, their new head coach, uh, two and three to the over in terms of the preseason win total with Philly. But if you know, I think it comes down to can Trevor Lawrence take a year to leap because he's got to, he's still got to kind of elevate this offense. I think it's a very mediocre roster. Like it's, it's not a roster that uh, uh, that will kill you if your quarterback is playing well, which you could say that about a lot of teams, but um, you know, I, I think Kirk is solid Marvin Jones and Zay Jones. I mean, they're not the worst receivers in the league. They're not the best. Uh, and ETN should be solid. They got Sheriff on the interior. You know, what are your thoughts on how Lawrence is going to progress now that he has had a, having a full off season without the shackles of urban Meyer. I actually saw, I mean, statistically there's, you say, wow, it's, it was bad for Lawrence and the turnovers are bad, but I think from a, coaching perspective things could get better and I, I trust his pedigree and I, I think that he'll have a much better year and that's what it's going to come down to I think the offensive line is okay it's serviceable enough the wide receiver room is serviceable enough but it has to be on Lawrence because the defense is is going to be bad it was one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year and I mean you had Darius Williams and if they're down near corner Shaq Griffin at the other corner eh. it's just a a very under like I just look at the the defense and you're very underwhelmed. It'll be one of the worst defenses in the league. So it comes down to Lawrence and coaching upgrade. And I think they'll be improved. I project them like six point three wins. I don't see any value with them, but I think that there is some downside. I mentioned downside risk with the Colts, and I'm really low on the Titans. By the way, my prediction: Jags beat the Titans in Week 17 if the Titans need it. Jags always win that game, and usually it's against the Colts. Um, the Colts fans should be happy they're not playing the Jags Week 7, Week 18, I should say. So, yeah, maybe Jag take a fly on the Jags to win the division. 
or even to make the playoffs. I think that's the bet. Maybe Jags to win the playoffs because I think that this you have to win this division to get into the playoffs. There's not a wild card team from this division in the NFC. Yeah, the Jags are probably a better, they'll have a better price to win the division. So, because there is a chance that you could. So I wouldn't worry about I wouldn't bet them to win, make the playoffs. I would bet them to win the division as a long shot. I'm personally not, but I don't hate it. Yeah. That's plus, how I would plus four, think, plus four fifty to make the playoffs, plus seven fifty to win the AFC South. Yeah. That's not even a consideration. It's plus you bet that plus seven fifty. I can't see the Jags making it as a wild card in the AFC. This division is punching one ticket. So yeah, I think that they'll be better. They'll be more competitive. I'll probably be on them week one against Washington. And uh, if you want to take a flyer on them the win division, set plus seven fifty. Don't hate it. Maybe I, maybe I will throw change on it. We'll see. What do you? By the way, all the receivers. Whatever happened to the to Lavisca Chanel? All the, remember all the love for Lavisca Chanel. <laughs> so uh, I think Doug Peterson played fantasy and he was mad. So he just dumped him down a fifth on the depth chart. What seems to be going on? And uh, from what I'm hearing, like a trade of the detectives. Yeah, or something. yeah. From what I'm hearing, yeah, he's been on the on the on the trade block, but. Number one, Chenault revenge games. We're gonna have two Chenault revenge games. I mean, the only thing is, I don't know if you trade him in the division. You know that. Yeah. That's, I, but, but I was hearing Texans today for some reason. I, don't yeah. know. I was like, that's weird. It's uh, it's it's, but it's not encouraging that he's been on the block for a while, reportedly, and it just not much interest maybe outside of the Texans. Uh, I mean, it, half the teams and pretty much every team in this division needs a receiver more than almost any other team outside of this division. So maybe that's why they haven't been able to move him. But not Ravens, yeah. Ravens, go give him a call. Uh, I, I feel are like you they, a buyer? Are you a buyer in Chanel? No, absolutely not. I, I, I just, I mean, I like them coming out, but I think he's, he's kind of. You would hope he can turn into like a Cordell Patterson. Like I think he's more of a gadget guy. So I gadget, think the Ravens yeah. need more, more of a true outside receiver. That's why I wouldn't say him to the Ravens. I think That's they need fair. like a, an outside guy. But we digress. I agree. I think the defense. There's, a, there's just a lot of holes for this Jags team. That's where it's not like. Oh, there, there's Darling six and a half win. You know, it's bet the over. You know, could they get to seven wins? Could they win the division? Absolutely. I think it's an upside team if you, if you are, you know, kind of betting on them. But it's also, you know, just kind of like the Colts and the Titans. I mean, it's they're kind of teetering on the edge of. It could also be just disastrous if like if Lawrence just doesn't take a step or you know they yeah, lose. If Lawrence doesn't take a step. It's, yeah. It will be a disaster because their defenses well, can't win any games. Yeah, or they lose like one of you know, let's say Kirk or or, or Etn or Sheriff, like any one of their impact players on offense. I mean, their deep, yeah, their defense is not going to win them any games. And the offense is like very mediocre. And even if Lawrence took a step forward, it would probably be mediocre at best. So, yeah, not rushing out. You know, maybe maybe they'll get to love if it got up to seven. I might think about you know coming back on the uh, on the under. But right now, yeah, I don't, I don't see any value. I, don't, I only have them favored in three games so you know they're, they're like i said uh small dogs and, and a lot of others but uh it's kind of i think the market's kind of on, on point with them the texans four and a half should be one of the worst teams in the league they're plus 100 to the over i don't have them favored in any games i do have them, actually no yeah i don't have them favored in any game so that's yeah, neither do I. and they're and they're i have them as touchdown or more underdogs in over half of their games so this it's going to be ugly for the Texans. They only had 4.1 Pythagorean wins last year. And I mean, outside of Damian Pierce, our running back, they're probably worse. So I, I really don't have any confidence in, in this Texas team. What do you think? Yeah, there's no, we don't need to spend time on the Texans. They stink. I project four, four, three, four, four. It's really tough for me to go under four and a half in the NFL. They get, I mean, their winnable games are you look and it's like Cleveland, like I could see them winning that game. Now Watson's first game back, if he's like extreme rust, the team whole team gets up for that. Maybe they steal that game. You know, you get the Jags at home late in the year. You got the Commanders at home. 
you know, the Titans at home, like these divisional home games. And so like, I could see them getting four or five, like it's the NFL, you're going to, they're going to be like an upset or two. So yeah, I think the number's about right. This team stinks. And like, I'm not a fan of Lovey, the Lovey Smith hire and Davis Mills is a quarterback. It's okay. This roster's awful. The team's awful. I'll probably be on them too many times this year, betting them. All right, let's jump to the loaded AFC West. We'll start with the Chiefs. Uh, their win totals 10 and a half, minus 120 to the over, plus 100 to the under. They were the luckiest team in terms of missed games due to injury last year, which is interesting. They were lucky because, in every department. Yeah, which is interesting because it was also the first time in nine years as head coach of the Chiefs that Andy Reid did not lead this team over their preseason win total. So, uh, now the division's obviously loaded. You add in Russell Wilson. Uh, I think the Raiders are going to be better than people expect. We can talk about that in a bit. Uh, I still have the Chiefs favored in 10 or 11 games, but there, there's a lot of close ones there, so that could kind of go either way. They had 11.2 Pythagorean wins last year, so what do you think of the Chiefs? You know, some people will say, you know, Andy Reid always goes over, and, and they just kind of bet them for, for that reason, but how do you think they're going to adjust to life after Tyreek? It'll be interesting to see how they adjust. And like, it felt like they were unlucky with turnovers early in the year. Yeah, they, they definitely got health. They were injury luck. They enjoyed some in, injury luck for sure, which they can't afford to have. But it's a they're well coached. And I expect the Chiefs to make some adjustments offensively. That the lead, league has kind of adjusted them. Mahomes is still probably the best quarterback in the league. If not, you can't argue he's not top three. And the statistics bore that out last year. Now, there were some struggles. The league is kind of adjusted. Now, you don't have Tyree Kill to kind of take the top off. But we'll see what Scantling can do. And then, you know, you added Sky more in the draft. So, Juju. You know, it's, it, yeah, Juju you add. So, there's these receivers that have potential, but there's more question marks. So, we'll see. And obviously, you still have Kelsey. You got to really love the offensive line. They just had some excellent draft picks with some young guys who'd only get better. And then Orlando Brown at left tackle, he only started to get better after coming over from Baltimore and then adjusting kind of the scheme change. So yeah, it should be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Once again, the questions for me all come on the defensive side of the ball. As always, what did they really do to address the defense? Nothing. You know, you're going to be hoping a rookie can help you at corner. Good luck. You lose honey badger. It was just so important to them in so many ways. At least Sorensen won't be on the field anymore. I guess that's the only positive I can give. But it, how's this team getting pressure? How are they stopping the run? The secondary is worse. You like this, D? No, I was going to say, I, I mean, I think they have at least some upside in terms of the pressure department. You know, they got Dunlap. They got um, Karloftis. You know, they still have Jones on the inside. You know, Clark obviously needs to step it up. Frank has, Clark is awful. Yeah, he's I, been. And people, he's done. Yes. He doesn't do anything. But now, but I mean, now he has you have like a couple flash plays, but now you have Dunlop, which, uh, you know, I think there was a few years in there when the linebackers were awful. I think it'll, it'll be a little better. I like Gay. I like El Jarius Sneed too, as well. So I think I like, I get, I, yeah, but you lost okay. Ward, you lost Honey yeah. Badger. Those are, and, and those are two of your guys. best players. Yeah. Those yeah. are two of your and best players. And then you're talking about guys you kind of like. I, I agree. I like Gay. And I actually like Thornhill and Sneed, but it's like you're replacing Honey Badger with Justin Reed. You're Down replacing right. Ward with a with a rookie. Uh, this defense is going to be bad again. Doesn't mean they can't win a lot of games, but the AFC is tougher. And I have the Chiefs with the hardest schedule in the NFL. I project them ten point three, but their defense might be worse than I think. I'm, I'm it might end up being closer to ten. I, I got to take a deeper dive, look into their defense. But I, I would lean under, but not enough to play it. 
I do think that there's value in oh Pacheco. You may you gotta mention Pacheco. Maybe he's looks has looked awesome. The Rutgers boy. But yeah, I mean I would lean under here, but I, I'm gonna attack the Chiefs in another way. And I mean, first of all, their, their division is loaded. And I think the Chiefs probably got a little worse and they might have some negative regression coming. So I think their defense got worse and then you lose Tyree Kill. Yeah, and then you don't get the two free wins and then 53 points in uh, both games against the Raiders this year. Yeah. With their coaching changes. But, you know, you start out at Arizona. I actually like them in that game. Talk about a coaching mismatch. Um, I mean, just the, the schedule. And Chargers, at Colts, at, at Bucks, home against the Raiders, home against the Bills, at San Fran. Home against the Titans, home against the Jags. There's a little break, and then it's at Chargers, Rams, at Bengals, at Broncos. Yeah, like, it's it's Whew. nonstop. At the back end of the schedule, you know, you get the Texans and Seahawks, but it is it's the hardest schedule in the NFL. It's loaded in here in the AFC. The defense is going to be bad. They're going to have to win shootouts and uh, stay healthy on the offensive side of the ball. But I actually like the I actually think the Chargers have a better overall roster now. They have an easier schedule. They don't have quite as good of a home field advantage, but I actually think there's value in the Chargers to win the division. Yeah, the Chiefs, I mean, like you you pointed out, they have three gimmies on the schedule this year versus Jacksonville in Week 10, at Houston in Week 15, and versus Seattle in Week 16. Outside of that, I mean, every game is going to be tough. You know, the Chiefs are obviously have one of the best quarterbacks and coaches in the league, but you're talking about essentially coin flip games versus a lot of quality teams or just, you know, in the division, even the Raiders who are the, you know, projected to be the worst team in a division. They're not an easy out anymore for the chiefs, especially as you mentioned, without Gus Bradley, just, you know, playing that same exact cover three every single time that the chiefs just eat up. So, you know, I know Andy Reid does this every year and the total has come down, but I think it's rightfully come down Uh, just a lot of variance in terms of, you know, the chiefs will be good, but that doesn't mean they win 11 games that doesn't mean they win 12 games they know they could be good and still end up unlucky end up with like a nine and eight record so i wouldn't touch the over for them uh let's talk about the chargers their win total is 10 it's juiced to the over at minus 140 so you're talking more like 10 three this is a team that i have favored i just about the same amount of games as the chiefs but same thing uh i have 11 games where they are you know they have a field goal or less spread and their favorite i haven't favored in seven of those games I pick them in three more, you know, talk about their roster because I, you know, I know Jackson now is going to miss maybe, maybe the opener in a couple of weeks, but I, I did like what they did getting Jackson. I think he's such an impact player was so massive to what New England uh, was able to do on defense. And you get Khalil Mack, you know, the offense, we know they're going to be good. The, the line should be good. So how do you like this Charger team so much? Yeah. I love this team. You can make the case that they have the best roster in the NFL. We'll see that there's some pieces that have to come together. So like they're not as I think the Bills are more of a known commodity, but what the Chargers did and what they flashed last year, and they were a bit unlucky overall. So they went out and they signed 12 free agents to contracts worth over 150 million to address some of the holes on the roster. Then they traded for Khalil Mack and then drafted Zion Johnson, who's looked great to address one of the guard positions. Offensive line's been a major weakness. Now, not the case. The only real weakness, I mean, if you look at this, the defense last year was the problem. The defensive line, you still have some questions about in the interior, but everywhere else, you have to love what they did. Um, Adding J.C. Jackson is enormous. 
And, you know, you add Bryce Callahan in the slot. You have Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the NFL. There's, you know, you added Khalil Mack to help off at the edge. By the way, if Joey Bosa still there. So they really short up the defense. I think the offensive line will be a lot better. And, you know, I think they upgraded at tight end. Herbert should only continue to get better. The only weakness on this roster, defensive line, something to monitor. And the run defense has really been an issue, but right tackle. And I mean, Storm Norton stinks. I hope Trey Pipkins, I think they're going to name a starter there and soon. I hope he wins the jobs. I think he has better upside. They've been splitting reps, but yeah, they've really gone out. And I mean, Rayshon Slater is a stud at left tackle and they've addressed a lot of the holes on this roster. I, I think it's arguably the best overall roster in the NFL. And I like them. I, I don't think that they should, there should be that much of a discrepancy as there is in the division compared to the chiefs. I actually have them. Let's see. I project the chargers yeah, to win more games. They have this, they still have a hard schedule, but they have like the eighth hardest schedule instead of the chiefs, which is the first I project the chargers to win more games, even with a, a depressed home field advantage, which is dwindling across the board anyway. But yeah, I think that there's some value in the chargers to win the division. I threw a little bit on it. I'm a little afraid of the cannibalization in the division. It's just so brutal, but yeah, I think the Chargers actually should be favored. Yeah, they're plus 220. Uh, you know, I think it's just a it's such a loaded division that it personally I prefer like a team like the Vikings or the Eagles that, you know, they're kind of in that same range, but uh it's kind of more of a two-man race. Uh the the, the downside with the Chargers is it's I I think it's actually a four-team race, but I agree. I love the roster. I think Herbert is an absolute stud. I think Staley uh is not gonna always get you know credit by the media, depending where you fall on like the analytics spectrum, but you know, he's adding win probability with a lot of the decisions he's making on the offensive side of the ball for the, and, and that's yep, great. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it's a good team uh, real quick, because I know people listening are probably going to ask us this on Twitter. Uh, what are you going into week one with your baseline home field uh, advantage? Cause you mentioned it, it's dwindling and I know people are going to be like, you know, have questions about that. Yeah. I'm, I still might be too high, but my overall average is just over one, like one, one, one point one. Yeah, points for home field advantage. Now, I should mention there are times this is more situational, but it, yeah, home field advantage does not mean as much in division games historically. So it's I have an adjustment for that. Teams are more familiar with where they're playing, where they're traveling to, which matters. And then you obviously do it every year and familiar with those teams. Travel also impacts it. And then there's obviously different range of home field advantages with like the you know you're going to have the the Saints and the Chiefs and the Seahawks. And then obviously the Broncos have the highest because the altitude are up over one and a half. And then you have teams like the, you know, Washington, the Chargers, which are under one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. I just wanted to make sure uh, we get that in there because I know people. Gonna, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. figure. It's hard to adjust those things because it's like the, there's so much noise. Yeah. And those results. And, and you had the COVID year yes, in there. And, yes. I was just going to say that. It, the COVID year was crazy just from like a lot of different perspectives to where you almost have to like not throw it out in the sense of like you know the players but some of the baselines like just completely changed there was so much more offense that year totals went 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 crazy like yeah it was a, it was a it just yeah, it makes really sense I, I basically what i'm doing is just monitoring all the data and then i've been slowly reducing home field advantage across the board yeah. each year and sometimes i think i'm not doing it aggressively enough but that's 
the approach I'm taking in and I value out, I'll actually take a look before the season again, a deeper dive, but that's where I'm at right now. Now, I mean, that's generally the range I'm into, you know, it's, it's, it's not much higher than one anymore. It used to be, you know, closer to, you know, high ones too. Uh, and then it's really come down over these last few years, but uh, let's, uh, let's finish it out. We got the Broncos and the Raiders to talk about Broncos. Uh, win total was 10 uh, minus 110 on both sides of that. They were unlucky with injuries last year. Fifth most games lost adjusted according to football outsiders. They get Russell Wilson. Broncos country, let's ride. It works not only because you're massive upgrade at quarterback, but I think Sutton in particular needs a quarterback like Wilson. So it's good to hear that they're having a good uh, camp, you know, in terms of their chemistry that's building. Uh, I only have them favored in nine games. I have another four as a pick them. And then, you know, there's obviously some close games even in the nine. So, you know, it, 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 it's a tough division where, they're probably the third best team, realistically. They're, I think their roster is pretty strong as well, but uh, these teams are really going to beat up on each other. So I, I'm not going under on the Broncos, but I, I would not go over either. But uh, what are your thoughts with this, uh, with Russ in tow? There's still, still some questions on this roster. I still have questions about the offensive line. On defense, the cornerback situation is fairly underwhelming. I did like the addition of Randy Gregory up front, but there's you know, some potential holes on this defense and along the offensive line, really good team, obviously really tough schedule. It's, uh, it's going to come down to what Russ can provide. That's, that's kind of the, I project them at right at 10 wins. I think what's their, what's their implied nine, eight, nine, nine. So I don't see any value either way. I do think that they're the third best team in the division. That's right. Empowered. They're a step behind the chiefs and chargers. I'm curious to get your thoughts that I don't, I keep, I, I'm, I'm flaky with this, but it depends on which side of the bed I wake up on. But with Russell Wilson, he obviously last year, you know, he has a thumb injury. And then mm-hmm. it obviously appeared like he came back way too early and he was awful. And then he kind of looked like himself right before the end of the year. But he's going to be 34 this year. And he's different than like Brady, right? In the sense that he's not just taking a snap and then sitting in the pocket and working. Like, I've, the reason why Russell Wilson probably won't age as well, now it's always been probably one of the best, most accurate deep balls in NFL history. But he also, his legs have always been, and his creativity, part of that has to do with his size, but he also just is extremely athletic. It can use that to his advantage. So that is going to start to diminish at some point. So when do we start to see that? So last year, was that just all injury and now he's healthy? And then like I, I just assume that we're getting – we're, we're still at peak Russ from two years ago and the Russ that we've seen forever. Or like, should I build in a like, all right, he's still obviously an enormous upgrade over what the Denver quarterback situation has been. But that's kind of the, that'll maybe be the difference between Denver potentially missing the playoffs. Like they're going to be really good regardless, but it's the AFC. Like you, you with 10 games to miss the playoffs this year or being a legit Super Bowl threat. Is that Russ ceiling still where it was? Do you have any thoughts on that? It's a hard question. I think it is, uh, you know, just historically quarterback aging curves. Uh, they're a lot more gradual than obviously you can't really compare anyone to Tom Brady, but you know, he still averaged 8.4 adjusted yards per attempt last year. That was, you know, that's actually 0.2 above his career average uh, of 8.2. And I really think that he was held back in that scheme in Seattle, you know, by the play calling. Yeah. By the play calling, because it's, you know, not even just the offensive coordinators, obviously they had different ones that all, came under fire, but Pete Carroll just, you know, he's, he's a run first coach. His philo- that's what his philosophy is. And a lot of times what you would see with Wilson is 
he would just feel like he had to maximize every opportunity that he had to pass. So he would, you know, he's the best deep ball throw in the league, arguably, but he would still, you know, there'd be some ill-advised decisions there, you know, he'd be chucking it deep on third and five after two runs. And it it just, it wasn't a good situation. So, you know, he kind of, now he's at a destination where I'm sure, you know, in acquiring him, they kind of gave him some assurances that they're going to run offense a little bit more to how he would like to run offense. And, you know, you also look at Seattle's, you know, and this has been a, a trend with them. They're blocking. Their old one hasn't been good. They were seventh. They graded out seventh worst last year. Denver graded out ninth best. And just looking at the the line, I mean, you know, Den- it should be solid across the boards. It's not spectacular, but, you know, I think he's going to get better protection. A, a downgrade at wide receiver unless, you know, Judy really breaks out and, and Sutton returns to form. But I think he fits really well with Sutton. I like this rookie kid, uh, Washington. I think he ends up winning that job in the slot uh, over KJ Hamler. And uh, yeah, it's, this team, I think Russ is going to be fine is, is what I'm saying. I, I don't think he'll be the reason why Denver doesn't go as far as they could go this year. I think, like you said, it, it probably will more have to do with, you know, can, can then the defense stay healthy? Can, can Chubb, you know, stay healthy and form a pair with, uh, with Gregory, you know, what are the, what's, what are you going to get out of the cornerbacks? Uh, you know, we know Sertain is probably going to going to be good, but what can you get out of, of Darby and Williams? So I think that's really the questions more so than than Russ. I think I think Russ will be fine. Although the, the depth that receiver is getting a little thin now with, you know, no Tim Patrick. But uh, like I said, yeah. I, I do like Okuebunam, one of the in terms of tight ends gets targeted. Uh, was targeted about 24% of his routes last year. So he gets open at that position. And like I said, I think this kid, Washington, Montreal, Washington is actually going to give them another element. And people probably don't know. Uh, much about him, but I, I think he's going to play well. So as long if they can keep Judy and Sutton healthy, I think they'll be fine. The running game should be good with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So yep. you have everything kind of in place for Russ to have success on offense. I think it's, you know, defense without Fangio, how high is the ceiling now? That I think that's really more of the uh, the question. Yeah, I think the defense definitely takes a step back. By the way, that was very well pronounced by you. I, I'm not even going to try because I always just say Albert O. <laughs> Um, and by the way, I earlier, I think I might have said Darius Leonard. It's Shaquille now. Yeah, it's Shaquille now. And which like no one knew. And he said he didn't even want it, never wanted to bring it up the other week. He said, you know, it's been five years since the first time I was bringing it up. I think it's his middle name. But I, I was looking at the when I started my NFL prep, I was pulling up all the depth charts and I'm like, who the fuck is Shaq Leonard? I was like, what happened to Darius Leonard? I'm looking <laughs> and, I don't him, and I'm like, is this supposed to say Shaq Thompson? Like what? I was so confused for like two minutes and I was like, Oh wait. Yeah. I forgot what I read that he now goes by Shaquille Leonard, but there's a, like a, cause there's another guy named Shaquille linebacker in the NFL. And then I'm like, Leonard, I'm like, did Darius Leonard get, did I miss Darius Leonard getting traded? Did he retire? I was like, what the hell? What, what I'm, I was so, my mind was just couldn't wrap around looking at that name. Obviously I was like my first day of cracking the NFL books back open too. But um, yeah, that was funny, but well-pronounced on Albert O. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, if you had if you had trouble with Leonard, don't uh, don't look at the Saints wide receiver depth chart because they got some guy named Deontay Hardy now who was formerly known as Deontay Harris. So we got when's the last time you had two names? Oh, really? Stages? Yeah. Deontay Harris is Deontay Hardy. Robbie Anderson is now R-O-B-B-I-E instead of R-O-B-B-I. I saw that. So it's like yeah. if you if you have spreadsheets where you're like you do lookups, which I have a ton yeah, of scrapping, yeah. murder. It is. It, it's just not ideal. But uh, let's let's talk with Raiders real quick, because. My whole kind of philosophy with this loaded AFC West is that you kind of mentioned, I think it's a lot closer than people think. The Raiders are actually my favorite team if you're going to invest in the AFC West 
because I just I think they're going to be a quality team, you know, adding Devontae Adams, you know, adding Josh McDaniels uh, at head coach. You know, they were pretty unlucky in terms of the injury. I still the O-line obviously is still a, a concern, which is why they're in the cellar. But uh, you know, I have the Raiders favored in nine games. And, uh, you know, that's already over their, their win total. And then I have them pick them in two more. So, but, but, but at the same time, I'm curious as your thoughts on this, you know, they have that red flag of major aggression candidate. You know, they only had 6.9 Pythagorean wins last year. They won 10 games. They got into the playoffs. So it's like, I have these kind of competing notions of the Raiders, but I look at, you know, I look at the roster. I like the fact that they should be able to throw the ball regardless of the offensive line. I think they got a good group of running backs, but Daniels is always, using his backs. Uh, and I think, you know, on defense, they're going to be able to rush the passer. You know, you got Crosby and Chandler Jones. That's always a plus. And then, you know, Rocky Asin is actually one of the better corners in the league last year. Hobbs is one of the better slot corners in the league. So, and now, and now you don't have Gus Bradley there who's just going to play the scheme that like certain teams are just going to obliterate. So like, I don't know, like I, I like the Raiders, but the, you know, obviously in this division and then, you know, the, the regression, Thing. It's kind of, I don't know, what do you, what do you think of the, the Raiders? Am I crazy or is, uh, is this team? Maybe yeah, I think so. I mean, they got two, added two star players who can really have an impact on both sides of the ball and Jones and Adams, which is obviously going to have impact, but like rushing the passer and throwing the ball, like weren't really the weaknesses of this team. So I'm still wearing True. the offensive line, the secondary linebacking room is still a major concern. And yeah, you mentioned it. They were, extremely lucky all of last year and if you just look they went seven and two in one score games you know they but they also played the COVID Browns roster remember that game they played I think Wentz had COVID when they played him they played Bursett they played Drew Locke and yeah Nick Mullen when he was on the Browns so they played a number of different backups as well they were just lucky across where they won three more games than they were. Yeah. I mean, their Pythagorean wins plan. I mean, the, so if you look historically, that is bad news. And the division got better. The Chargers got better. The Chiefs are going to be close, but I think they got a little worse. But the Broncos got better. The AFC overall is better. And I have them with the third hardest schedule in the NFL. So I project them at 8-7. I don't hate you taking a flyer on them to win the division because, like, if – you know, the, the co- coaching upgrades, I think, might be not incorporated into the market here with, from a scheme perspective. And then, you know, if Jones and Adams just have monster years, it, this team could actually be better than last year, even though if they have some negative regression. Just because you, you were lucky last year doesn't mean you can't be lucky again this year or doesn't mean you're going to be unlucky. Let's just throw that out there. But the reason that I do kind of like it to win the division is that there is a chance that this division is just eating each other. Yep. Just the cannibalization. And it's just like the race to like 10 wins to win it. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, like, obviously the Raiders are, you'd have to say they're the fourth best team in the division or the worst, put another way. But I don't think the gap is quite as large. I think, you know, just like all these other teams, I think, you know, the, the Raiders have their strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, being able to throw the ball and being able to pass rush, I, I think, you know, if you had to choose some strengths, those would be the ones you choose. I think their secondary will be better. Uh, you know, obviously Abram at, at you know, we'll see how if they can get more out of him. Well, you know, uh, Morig has turned into a, a, a pretty good safety. Uh, like I said, Rocky Seen has been one of the better corners in the league, and, and Hobbs was very good last year. So I don't think it's like bottom five. You're giving Rocky Seen a little bit too, too much credit, but I mean, we'll see. You know, he's he's uh, 
it's, it's funny. They kind of flip-flop with the Colts, but yeah, I mean, he's been up and down, but if he can, if he can build on what he's done, how we played last year, I think, I think he'll be good. You know, obviously he was a lot worse in, in 2020 and he was pretty solid in 2019. So, um, but I, I regardless, I, I do think there's some upside. So that's, that's how I would attack this division. Everyone's going to kind of make their case for who the best team in this division is, why you should bet the over for the chiefs or the chargers or the Broncos, whoever it might be. But I, I I'd rather just take a flyer on the Raiders to win at, at six and a half to one. You could get some plus 700 out there as well. And, uh, and, and hope that all these teams just kind of beat each other up, maybe get some injury luck. Uh, but uh, that that's how I'd, I'd kind of attack this. this division. I don't hate it. I just wouldn't bet the, I wouldn't bet the chiefs and it's not even I'm hating on the chiefs. The division is so good. I wouldn't take the favorite. I think that they're not head and shoulders above. I don't think they're better than the Chargers. And charters out there, like you can find like plus 250. That's plus 220, probably closer to right. But um, I actually think the charters should have better odds. But I, I don't hate the if I were what if I didn't bet the chargers, I came close on on taking a shot on on the Raiders. For our recap, that's really the only bet that I like. I don't really like any of these, you know, in the AFC West. I mean, it's just gonna be a, it's gonna be a gauntlet. So I don't I don't really want win totals in the AFC West. And then I'm just not I'm just not there with the Titans under. But uh, what do you what do you got for your plays for uh, for this one? Let's start in the AFC South. I like the Titans under going against history here. I know Vrabel has gone, well, the Titans, the only team to go over their win total in each of the past five years, but I have them projected closer to eight wins. I think the offense is significantly worse at receiver, offensive line. The defense will be solid, but not enough to carry this team in a loaded AFC. In the division that I think got better overall while the Titans got worse, one of the luckiest teams in the NFL last year, I think there's some regression coming and this roster just got worse. So give me the Titans under, and I might take a flyer on the Jags and lower on the Titans in the market. There is some downside risk with the Colts. If Lawrence can take that next step, maybe it's just the defense is so bad. Still undecided on that one. And then in the AFC West, I agree with you. I staying far away from any win total. I don't hate your Raiders dart, but I think the Chargers might have the best roster in the NFL this year. I like the Chargers to win the division right around, find plus 250, make sure you shop around. All right, that is going to do it. Now we have uh, we have gone through all four of our preview episodes, so be sure to check out the other three. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you are looking to track your bets or follow ours, you can download the free award-winning Action Network app. Uh, also, be sure to check out all of our betting, fantasy, football content on actionnetwork.com. And remember, uh, we got a ton of episodes leading up to week one. And we'll be here every, uh, you know, during the season every week as well, doing the Sunday six pack and, and all of our other favorite totals, teasers, all that good stuff. Our guy, Gilles Gallant, has his Anytime Touchdown Manifesto episode up. Uh, so check that out as well. And until next time, let's get this money. Money.